All right, welcome in, guys. Farzine Vesugian here with you for another episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Not just any episode, ladies and gentlemen. It is a playoff victory edition of the Chief Zone Podcast. Yes, Arrowhorns all the way. The Chiefs pick up a big win at home in the freezing cold against the Miami Dolphins. A big win for the Kansas City Chiefs, man. Uh, I'll tell you what, the Chiefs needed that uh, big time in this game, and I know a lot of people definitely happy about the way uh, this game went, and I know a lot of people, there are also a lot of people not happy about this one. There were a lot of people out there who said that the Chiefs were going to be a one-and-done team in the playoffs. I did not see that in this one. Uh, I mean, I, I, I didn't see that. The Chiefs looked like a much better football team. This was one of their best-played games of the year. Um, so at the end of the day, the Chiefs just found a way to click on all cylinders. Was it perfect? No, far from it. But they got to the end zone. They were able to move the football defensively. I mean, what complaints do you have about this Chiefs defense? What could they have done better? There was one play where the Chiefs defense uh, got caught napping. That's it. That one play right there was not even close to hurting Kansas City in this game. It, it, the score was close at that time, but the Chiefs, man, they came away with a big win at home. All right, I'm going to put the um, the link to call in to the podcast. Uh, it is right there. I am pinning the comment. You should be able to see it. So uh, hopefully uh, we get some callers in tonight. I know it's a, it is a late night, but man, uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to talk to you guys. Want to let you know this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. I know a lot of you guys took advantage of this promo because Chiefs tickets were very low for this game. And this promo was able to save you guys some money. And you didn't pay a whole lot for a Chiefs ticket in this one. Well, we don't know where the Chiefs are going to be yet. They're going to be going on the road. But you have an opportunity to catch a Chiefs game on the road if you're a new customer or maybe you want to catch one of the local uh, college teams, KU, K-State, MU, whatever it is, go to SeatGeek.com, get your tickets from there and use my promo code Farzine if you're a new customer for SeatGeek. You will save $20 off your first purchase. Can't beat that, especially when uh, ticket prices are pretty low. So go to SeatGeek.com and if you're a new customer, use the promo code Farzine and you will save $20 off your first purchase purchase. Again, SeatGeek.com at checkout. Put in the promo code Farzine to save $20. Man, I'm seeing the comments right now. A lot of you guys are thrilled about the play of a lot of guys here on offense, on defense. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes played a very good game. Not perfect by all means. 23 of 41 passing. Some passes that were high, some passes that were low. Um, and obviously, you know, there were a couple of drops in there as well. But man, the Chiefs what I loved about this game is the Chiefs relied on their playmakers, their most reliable guys, Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, uh, Justin Watson got involved on a couple of key plays there. And I, I want to go back to Rasheed Rice because that guy is the MVP of this game. Eight catches, 130 yards, which is the most by a Chiefs rookie in a playoff game. 
Rasheed Rice did not look like a rookie. This guy looked like a grown-ass man on the field. That is what we are talking about here. Rasheed Rice played a phenomenal game in this one. Uh, I don't think you could have asked for much more. A little bit of a scary moment when he got hurt, but uh, able to uh, able to come back eventually and help the Chiefs offense move the football. So great to see Rasheed Rice. And um, man, uh, that that was um, that was good to see. By the way, a lot of you guys are asking about who um, who uh, who uh, the Chiefs are going to play. We do not know. Uh, we have to wait for the Miami, uh, or I'm sorry, not the Miami Dolphins. Are definitely not going to be waiting on them anymore. We have to wait for Buffalo and Pittsburgh. So I'm not quite sure what's going to happen with that game. It's scheduled for Monday at 3:30 Central Time, but um, there are some there's some talk that it could be pushed back to Tuesday. I'm telling you right now, if it gets pushed back to Tuesday, there's no way they're scheduling that game for Saturday. Um, yeah, there's a 90% chance it's Buffalo. Um, but man, if it's Buffalo, they're going to be at a major disadvantage. I mean, they're not going to have enough time to study the game film. They, they got to get right to practice the next day. So I would imagine that they're going to put this game on a Sunday. The soonest wouldn't surprise me one bit. If they do something to try to put that game on a Monday, because I don't think they do a Monday playoff game in the divisional round. Uh, but we'll see. We'll have to see. For now, the Chiefs, they can sit down and just relax the next couple of days, which is huge. Um, I'm telling you what, it is huge. Uh, I want to hear from you guys. Call into the podcast. I just commented with the link below. So um, if you guys want, call in. I'm here all night. Uh, I've got nowhere to be tomorrow morning. Uh, hopefully uh, that's the case for a lot of you guys on the weekend. I know some of you guys got to work on the weekend, but I'm here all night, so we'll get right to it. I know a couple of you guys already calling in, so uh, bear with me. Going to read a couple of stats here, and I'll get to your guys' calls. Uh, I do want to look at Miami um, real quickly because Miami in this game uh, did not play very well. We hear so much about that um, that prolific offense they have and how much they score. And I, and I mentioned, you know, who have they done that? whole thing too. Who have they been able to do it uh, like, like a good team? Nobody. Uh, they have not been able to do all this high power offensive stuff against a good football team. You look at uh, what they did with Tyree Kill in this game, uh, the 53 yard touchdown catch, which was a great play by Tyreek. Trent McDuffie completely um, uh, was surprised by that. Tried to even commit the penalty. It looked like to try to prevent a, a catch and a touchdown. He failed at that, but man, he made up for it later on in the game and we'll get into that. Uh, but if you take away that 53 yard touchdown catch and run by Tyreek Hill in this game, what did Miami do? What did Miami do in this game? Their best player was Tyreek Hill who had five catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. You take that one touchdown play away Miami did nothing. So the Chiefs gave up a one big play to the most dynamic player in NFL history, the most explosive player we've ever seen in the sports history. And that's it. That is all Miami could do in this game. Uh, Trent McDuffie was all over him the rest of the game. Legereus Sneed was all over him the rest of the game. This Miami offense, when you take away Tyreek Hill, and they tried to utilize Raheem Moster, didn't work. Devon Achan had one of the worst games this year. This guy has a really high yard per carry average. Uh, and I, if, I, if I recall, it's like seven or eight yards per carry. I don't remember the exact number, but it, it is ridiculously high for a backup running back. He was held to nine yards off six carries. 
That's how good this Chiefs defense was. And you guys know me. I've always been kind of iffy about this Chiefs run defense. Man, they proved me wrong tonight. Uh, I thought this was for sure going to cause problems for the Chiefs uh, for the Chiefs defense. Uh, but man, no, this Chiefs defense, um, their best game of the year. No question about it. Yeah, talk about the weather and all this stuff and the warm weather team. Man, that's football for you. That's football. And by the way, I know there are some people bringing up the um, the roughing the passer call on the um, right after the Mahomes intentional grounding. Yeah, well, it's kind of a soft call. I agree. Uh, but you know what else was bad in this game? The holding call uh, that should have been called on McCole Hardman or the defender that was holding on McCole Hardman. Uh, Richie James, uh, Jalen Ramsey, you know, cr- creating contact before the ball even got there. So I, 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 what did I say in the first half? Bad calls, missed calls, they happen. They happen. That's that's a sport. I'm not defending it, but Roger Goodell, man, I mean, he defends it all the time. So that's football for you. Hey, I'm going to post a link one more time in the comments on YouTube and Facebook. I want to hear from you guys. We're going to go straight to the calls right now. Alan, you've been waiting very patiently. You are on the Chief Zone, Alan. How are you? Uh, I am outstanding. And let me just say, you could not come on. I want you to come on with about five minutes left in the game. I wanted to talk about this game so much. <laughs> There's my little chief saying. Um, you're exactly right about everything that you've said. Um, the most complete game of the season. Say hey. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> hey, what's up? Most complete, most complete game of the season. Um, you're exactly right about the penalties, too. I don't want to hear anybody say anything about penalties because the Chiefs got totally screwed on at least three. Um, And, you know, this game, I was just doing the math before you came to me. This game could very easily have been 38 to nothing or 38 to seven. Yeah, you're right. Because, you know, the the blocking in the back deal on Jawan Taylor, I don't (sighs) even know if that was really a block in the back because he was getting pushed in the back by a Dolphins player. So it had nothing to do with, with Rice getting the touchdown. Kelsey absolutely dropped a touchdown um, early in the game when the ball went right through his hands on about the eight or nine yard line. Um, I just, I'm very excited. And I really, and honest, I kind of hope that we do play the Bills right now. Me too, man. I, don't I, care I, if it, I, I want yeah. that game back just as badly. I do too. And I think they're going to be motivated and pissed off. Obviously, the weather, you know, doesn't really affect anything and i think we saw last year when cincinnati went to buffalo you take the fans out there pretty quick you know you get up like like the chiefs got up in this game the fans are out of that game and they're a non-factor i think yeah um the other the one question i've got is you know i thought it was a no-brainer at the end of the season to get rid of chris jones and to, to keep Sneed, obviously, if you got to pick between the two. But I'm I'm wondering, I'm starting to rethink it just a little bit. I want to keep both of them because I'm wondering, do we need another wide receiver 
a number one. I think we got the number one wide receiver right now. Well, we, we definitely got a number one wide receiver, but man, he can't do it all. Like today, yeah, you're gonna you you can survive on a game like this, but on a, you know as you get deeper into the playoffs, it's gonna be very difficult to just rely on Rasheed Rice. Let me read the stat line for you real quickly, Alan. Eight catches for 130 yards for Rasheed Rice. Travis Kelsey seven for 71. The next best player um, in terms of yardage, well, he got a tie. Noah Gray one for 20. Justin Watson one for 20. Then you got MVS who who caught the ball. MVS caught the ball, ladies and gentlemen. Richie, uh, Richie James had a catch. Uh, Clyde had a catch. McCall had a catch. And Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco had a catch that went for negative yardage. So you definitely do need some help there, man. Um, and by the way, I, I just put... Here's, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, quick question. So do... do with, with where Rashi Rice is right now, do you have to put big money out there to get a Mike Evans or a T. Higgins or, or do you get a solid number two, whoever that is? That would help a lot, especially when your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. Um, listen, I, I think with the issues this year, you don't you don't have to have a Mike Evans. It would help a lot. Just someone that'll catch the ball. Speed is great, all that stuff. But, you know, when, when we talk about all those uh, skill sets, then we're talking like a dominant number one receiver. I think the Chiefs just want to make sure whoever they have in the receiver room next year, they just want someone that's going to be able to do the fundamentals. That is something they've struggled with immensely. And, and you know that. You don't need me to tell you that. Everyone knows where, this. Where I'll leave you with on this, because I know there's a lot of folks that want to talk. Um, I think uh, I think the checker rushed, rushed for 89 yards. I know they kind of shut him down a little bit in the second half. But if you keep running him between the tackles, just like they did at the beginning of the game, he's going to get your yards. And I'm loving Edwards Elaire right now. Yeah, I mean pitching, running the ball. That that first down that he got uh, near the goal line, I, I was telling my kid that was all heart. Yeah, he, there was no he should have got that first down <laughs> other than heart. I love it, man. Hey, I'll, I'll let you go. Great comments, man. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, have a good night. Stay safe. Uh, party. <laughs> And uh, party safely as well. Uh, I know a lot of people will be doing that. Um, yeah, man, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and someone said this on Twitter, that looks like a guy that's really fighting for a job. If, if Clyde Edwards-Alaire plays more like this, yeah, I'd like to have that guy back uh, for one more year. Um, he's going to hit free agency this year because the Chiefs did not pick up his fifth-year option. Um, but I'd like to have him as a guy who compliments Isaiah Pacheco for sure. Um, now there, there might be other options there. You could replace him in the draft. We'll have to see, by the way, uh, who scored in this game, Rasheed Rice, Isaiah Pacheco and Tyreek Hill. Those are the three guys who scored a touchdown. Uh, and then you had Harrison Bucker kick all those field goals, but it, it, no touchdown from him. What do all those touchdown scores have in common? They were all chiefs draft picks. And by the way, real quickly on the Tyreek Hill thing. I, I mean, everybody last year said that, you know, the Chiefs were screwed and they're in trouble. And then it turned into, oh my God, how are the Chiefs in the Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill? Well, guess what? You won the Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill last year. You beat him in the regular season. You beat him in the postseason. Again, just a few weeks ago, people were saying, oh, well, the Chiefs should have kept Tyreek Hill. They beat him twice. They won a Super Bowl without him last year. Um, I mean, the Chiefs, don't get me wrong, Tyreek Hill would help a lot, but that narrative needs to go away unless the dolphins win three super bowls in a row the next three years that narrative is i mean th- th- that is you know as ancient as the dinosaurs in my mind bob you are on the chief zone podcast what's up bob 
What's up, Bars? Man, hey, hey, about time we get us a game, man, that we can get excited about. I, I, uh, I sat there uh, patiently in that first half. We squandered some points there and turned them into field goals, uh, which I think under the extreme conditions of this weather, man, it was it was, it was mean. That's a very uh, good point, Bob. And I don't mean to cut you off, but that's a very good point. To win this game 26-7 to in these conditions, I will take that 100%. Absolutely. Because, I mean, the ref didn't even want to take down his mask to, to, to go uh, review a call. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was painful stuff, man. I was a firefighter for 25 years in this city, and uh, I I know what it's like to be out on a night like this. Yeah. And it was rough, man. But I'm going to tell you what. Them guys showed guts. They put it together when they needed to. And what uh, Pacheco, man, he dusted off his wheels, and he let it rip tonight. And uh, yeah. and then and then Clyde, he got involved there. It was a pretty good duel, uh, uh, Tanum there working. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in our right tackle still. Uh, I think we're just going to have to live through that. Uh, Rashi is coming into his own. Kelsey got on track tonight. Yes. He got involved. This is the first time in, what, four games? Or four or five games that Kelsey hasn't really had any catches, man. Yeah. Of. And uh, so I was glad to see that because that's a spark plug. Because you get that guy going, man, he – he can he can get worth it. We know that. Uh, we did squander some points there. I'd like to see this convert, but under the circumstances, I'm I'm happy with the win. Uh, and bad calls are discontinuing, man. It's an NFL problem. It's it's going on throughout every game in 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 the NFL. Yeah. And the NFL in the off season needs to address it. I think there's a pretty easy easy way of doing it, but. Uh, I'm just a standby fan, and uh, I enjoy your show, uh, dude. We're, we're hey, we're gonna go to Buffalo, scoop us a path into that place, and kick their ass, baby. That's what's gonna happen. That's the handwriting on the wall. I love it, Bob. I see it on the wall. <laughs> so, hey, I tune in next week with you. All right, man. I mean, there's a couple scenarios that could happen. Yes, I'm, I'm gonna become a Steelers fan. Uh, for Monday night, yeah, because I, there's still there's still a hope that we could still a slim chance host that sixth AFC championship game if something goes down. That is true. Uh, I'm not holding and, my breath on that though. Yeah, I'm not either, but I'm saying it's possible. <laughs> All right, Bob. We've seen, hey, we've seen worse. So anyway, hey, thanks for uh, putting on the show and. Uh, I'll sit, I'll sit on the sideline and, and listen to all their a kingdom speak. All right. Appreciate it, Bob. You take care. And by the way, really cool. I did not know you were a firefighter. That's awesome. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the show Rescue Me. And that, like, obviously it's a TV show. But uh, even just watching that, like, give, it gives you a really good appreciation of what uh, firefighters do, especially in the damn cold, man. I mean, it's first respond all first responders. Uh, props to all of you guys. So uh, very cool to uh, be able to interact with the uh, a former first responder. Always cool. Daniel, you've been waiting very patiently. What's up, Daniel? Hey, what's up, man? Good, man. Talk Great to me. Win. <clears throat> Great win. Uh, yeah, I think I was looking at the stat. The last time, I think it was the Raider game that Travis Kelsey had a pretty big game. I think it was yeah, like six it's been a while. 91 yards. I think it's been a while. So it was great. I know he dropped he, I know he dropped two, two, two big ones there, <laughs> yeah. especially that one where he could have had a walk-in touchdown. But you think the whole 
Tua thing of him having better accuracy will finally die down. I mean, he didn't have anything today. I mean, dude, there's only one guy who really believes that. There's only one guy in the right. world, and you know right. who that is. Do I mean, you think he finally <laughs> will say no? I mean, I'm, it, it, it's great. I noticed that his touchdown was on McDuffie, and that was on a motion. I mean, I'm Sneed. Sneed is turning me around, man. I I know I was not a pro Sneed fan, but if he, as long as he gets those penalties and they don't get those called, those his like those key third down drive, <clears throat> you know, keep going, you know, momentum penalties that kill the kill the drive and for the uh, defense, he's turning me around to where I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe Chris Jones is maybe not. Now I want, I was hoping to maybe draft a, I think we can get a tackle and let is, can we let Taylor walk after this year? Or is he a you know, deal? I, I was thinking about this during the game and it's like, man, I don't know if, if it's even worth it. Like just let him go and eat whatever cap hit it's, it's going to be because it is kind of hard watching him. And um, just just how he's playing this year, I, I will say this, and they showed this in the game. He does commit a lot of penalties. They mentioned it, the most penalized player in 20 years on offense in a single season. But, you know, he does have some success with pass blocking 100%. And this is a big reason why they brought him in here. Now, I also need to note that Miami was beat up and they were playing with some backups. But he's had some good games this year going up against some good pass rushers where he had ESPN tracks like the the win percentage rate uh, on pass blocking battles. Um, but the penalties like see the, the the Sneed penalties. I can live with that, especially when you have zero touchdowns allowed. The Jawan penalties, man, that erased the touchdown in the game for Rasheed Rice. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, the offensive penalties are always, I mean, th- that, that can be a killer. And it's been that way for a few times for Juwan this year. So uh, that's a yeah. good question. Yeah, because I think we can get a tackle in the draft, maybe get a couple more. I mean, I, I, I trust we can draft well. We have in for years. So, I mean, it's a great. And then I think someone should put a rice, rice baby and put that on a T-shirt something. <laughs> you know, that's like the best slogan ever right there i don't know you how know. that's not a thing already i haven't seen one yet so if, if it's out there please post it if you find it if somebody post it because i would love to buy a t-shirt that says rice rice baby yeah i would i would wear it tomorrow but uh anyways we got a great game i want buffalo as well i don't want an easy matchup i want buffalo i want to knock out baltimore and then we on our way because everybody's supposed to beat us yeah you know, we're, we were we were supposed to be one and done. That's what I was told. We were right. We were one and done. And I know Miami's gonna cry more and explain this. And like, look, look. Next time we'll beat you at home, so we have no excuse. It won't be a Germany game. It won't be in the cold in Kansas City. We'll beat you at Hard Rock in a nice eighty-four degree weather or whatever it is. I'm in Florida now. I think it's like seventy. So. In a nice little weather and perfect. So, and then you have no excuse. I love it, man. Uh, what part of Florida are you at? I'm in Davenport, so I'm in Central Florida by the Orlando area. Okay, well, I, I'm sure there are a lot of Dolphins fans in that area. So, uh, rock that my jersey. My neighbor across the street. I, my neighbor right across the street. I'm gonna <laughs> go out there nice and say. <laughs> Good morning, my neighbors. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, Daniel, All I'll right, let man. you go. I appreciate you calling in, man. Um, rock, rock that jersey in Florida, man. Party party hard, but don't get into too, too much trouble. I don't know if you guys heard this at the beginning of the podcast. You can actually hear some fireworks. Come on. So 
just a wild card game. Let's say, let's save the fireworks for a, for a bigger one here. Uh, Matt, I'm going to get to you in a second here. I'm going to post the link one more time. Uh, a lot of good colors so far. A lot of great comments. I, I'm reading all your comments, by the way. So, uh, you know, I apologize not getting to many of them. Obviously, a very exciting night. A lot of people co uh, commenting and whatnot. So, um uh, I, I try to put some of the comments on the screen if it's relatable to what um, the callers are talking about. So uh, I put the link one more time. Uh, we don't have anyone else on hold except for Matt, which I'll get him on here in just a couple of seconds. But uh, phone lines are open if you guys want to call in. I put the link just now in the uh, comment section. Matt, you're on the Chiefs zone. What's going on, Matt? Hey, no much. We're just enjoying a big Chiefs win here. This is my daughter. Hi. And Hi. Hi. <laughs> so... One thing I wanted to mention was Andy Reid's mustache. How oh, it my God. Hold on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Let's talk about this. So, yes, I'm a mailman, and I was out in that today in Oklahoma. And uh, my beer, I mean, it gets, you get out there and you drink water, your snot and stuff, and it gets frozen. <laughs> and I saw that, and I was like, yep, <laughs> I can relay. And... I Andy Reid is always yeah, just that's... Andy Reid is always just so interesting. I I remember in 2020, we all remember what kind of year 2020 was. Um, he had the he didn't have a mask, but he had the face shield, and that yes. fogged up during the game. It's like the funniest things happen to Andy Reid during games. Yes, and then I remember that after that game, they got um, he got some hockey spray. Where I guess it's the special stuff that they spray on there to keep it from fogging over. I, I think I recall you bringing that yeah. up, yeah, because he was he was even asked about that in the press conference too, which I thought was funny. Yeah, hold, hold on. It over, and then they made him put on the mask after after a few games. They just, I guess changed the rules, or he had to wear that mask. There it is, right there. There it is. Andy Reid's mustache, the true oh, MVP. Yeah. He's mustache. <laughs> yeah, it was frozen. Yep. I don't know how. I mean, that, I've never yep. seen that before, but that's crazy. Yeah, I've experienced yeah. that, and it's a weird feeling when your mustache, your beard, and stuff is frozen. So it just feels weird when you touch it. It doesn't when you're if you don't touch it, or whatever. It, it doesn't really affect you. It don't feel much, but I can relate to that kind of thing. Like crazy. I can relate to that kind of thing because I love to go out for a walk. But man, you, you kind of mentioned the snot and like snuffling and whatnot. I, I I mean that happens to me within seconds. I'm sure it happens to a lot of people as well. I was yeah. trying to. Go out for a walk, and I said, no, not not in this, not in this cold. No way, can't do it. Um, yeah, no, yeah, no. No, I was on it all day today, and it was it was awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it's uh, yeah. Let's say it's it's cold here. It's about what did it get today? I think I got a high of twenty today. Um, yeah. That, yeah. No. I, I don't yeah, know if I got. High, the yeah. high was twenty. The high was twenty-five. But it was it was pretty oh. windy. It, it, it's warmer it's than here. Windy. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, a little bit warmer. We had a, a little bit of snow yeah, flurries, but not much snow. In the morning, yeah, it was snowy, but yeah. it was 17. Yeah, that's that's cold. I can't. I hate the cold. Yeah, yeah. it's extremely cold. Yeah, it was real cold. Right now it's like. Uh, do you have anything else you yeah, wanted to add, Matt? Six. Do you have anything you want to say? No. Nope. I guess. Yeah, we're good then. <laughs> All right. All right. You take okay, care. Have a good night. All right. Bye. All right, bye. Thanks bye. for calling in. All right, Tim, you are on the Chief Zone podcast. What's up, Tim? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm pretty. I'm I'm excited. I live in Toronto, so I just got my tickets to, to Buffalo uh, like about ten minutes ago off the StubHub. So I'm okay. Go down to to the Bills game and be there live. There you go. 
Yeah, and it, it's my second Chiefs game this year. I went to New York to see them as well. So this is a this is a, a fantastic year for me to go see the Chiefs live. So I'm I'm pretty pretty stoked about it. That's awesome. Yeah, got my Marcus Allen jersey. Gonna bring it down and and uh, probably get stuff thrown at me while I'm in Buffalo, but it's okay. Good stuff, man. Uh... You yeah. were at the, um, the 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 Jets game, yeah. When you said New York, I was a little confused. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, that yeah. was the Jets game you went to. No, no, that's awesome. What did that stadium right. like? I've always wanted to see that stadium. So, uh, being being a you know about an hour away from uh, from the from the Bills stadium, it was it doesn't even compare, man. It was a pretty. It, here's I'll say two things. It wasn't really as live and like crazy as like a bills game right like it, it's a lot of fun when you go to a bills game especially when they're losing to be quite honest with you um <laughs> it, it's like, like they go crazy but like there was there was so many kansas city jerseys at the um at the jets game and then there's people from like all over the world so in my section there was like people from australia behind me people from germany uh people from montreal which is you know being a canadian we kind of you know high-fived each other and a bunch of people from Kansas City as well. So um, I actually have a friend who has jet season tickets who lives up here in Toronto and goes, it's easy to sell because there's always people in New York, right? So <laughs> you can always sell his tickets off and, yeah, and people go and visit. So the stadium itself is pretty kind of bland, you know? Okay. Um, but it, it's, it's just a million seats and you're looking at it, but it, it doesn't have a lot of character. So like when I think of like uh, great stadiums, I think of like uh, – PNC at Pittsburgh, you know, the, um, yeah, where the, the pirates play, like, yeah. even, even the Anaheim. Yeah. The, these are great. Stadium. This one's very, very like, let's get as many people looking at the game as possible. It's very, I don't know, kind of, uh, uh, I, I would say blase little, little, little drab, yeah. you know, but it was fun. I mean, I got to see the chiefs. Like the last time I got the chiefs played in Buffalo, I always go when they play, um, was Pat Mahone's first year, so he didn't play, right? It was it was Alex Smith who was uh, who was the starting. So I haven't I hadn't seen Mahone's play live, so I'm like I gotta go. And my brother yeah. actually lives in New York, so I, I took advantage of that and and went went and got tickets uh, to go see them there. So this is great two 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 games in in one year. That's me, awesome, man. You know? Yeah, and I, I don't know I don't know if you're able to see this, but um uh the Chiefs put this up on their website. Uh, yeah, someone from Canada. That. Yeah, that's all. That's dedication, man. Uh, I, I guess well, it's, it's warmer there's here. There's a lot of us. There's a lot of us Canadians who are, are Chiefs fans. You, you'd be surprised. Like, uh, there's people I who I like or who live around here are like, and not Chiefs fans. Like, just in the last five years, like we we used to call ourselves long suffering, right? So yeah. the the golden age of it now is just is freaking awesome. I love it. Um, but um, yeah, like I have friends that went down into the their i call it their first super bowl but the uh the one they won in a couple against uh, the niners yeah um they went that and i think they went to the afc championship game like the year before like so there's a bunch of people up here in uh in the great white north who uh are our chiefs fans i i don't i don't know what the connection is for all these people for me when i was a little kid my very first like superhero athlete was marcus allen and when he went to the Chiefs, I went with him. I didn't care that Montana went at the same time. I was following Marcus Allen, and I and I and I just stayed there. And I, my very first football game was like December twenty sixth in Buffalo, and Schottenheimer brought the Chiefs with Marcus Allen there. I was like, I got to see this guy play before he retires. And yeah, um, 
that was my and I I try to go to at least one game a year. Obviously, Buffalo is the place I go to most, but uh, this year I got to go to the Jets. So I'm I'm pumped about going next week. Um, you know, I'm assuming they're going to take care of the Steelers. I right? think so, so. Yeah. All right, yeah. man. Well, so, good stuff. Well, hopefully they win, right. so you get to go, man. Uh, I appreciate you calling in, Tim, and uh, enjoy the game next week if it's uh, Buffalo indeed. I will. I will. All right. Take we'll care. See. Thanks for calling in, man. Uh, Al, you've been waiting for a while. What's going on, Al? Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Good, dude. Uh, I, mi- I missed the beginning of your show here, but um, I want to say today's game, I-, I felt a little bit more more confident of what the team's been putting together overall in the last like four games. I mean, last week didn't matter, but the last couple weeks, I feel like today's game overall, they brought it right. Like, so I feel a little bit more confident going possibly to Buffalo. Obviously everybody's probably cheering for a home game next week. Um, If they do play Pittsburgh, I'm going to try to make the drive down from uh, Wisconsin to Kansas City. Actually, if I were to drive to Buffalo, it would probably be the same distance, but I would rather go to Kansas City. Um, But I do feel confident if they do got to go to Buffalo after what I saw today. And I think, you know, after seeing Kansas City's offense of just like utilizing Pacheco, getting the ball to Rasheed Rice, and then, you know, like, just – I feel like they today's offense looked good, you know, and their defense, if Tyreek Hill doesn't get that that bomb, we shut them out. Yeah, 100%. You know? So, um, man, I, I do – after watching today's game, it's like mixed emotions. Like, man, I, I didn't feel confident going into today's game, to be honest. And then after seeing it, I'm like, damn, we could punch Buffalo in the face. You know, so I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Like, you know, how are your how is your confidence going in today's game compared to after today's game? I think, you know, this whole thing with the weather was always interesting because you weren't quite sure what was going to happen. People were already bringing it up. But I, I had confidence that the Chiefs would be very well prepared for this. I was very shocked early on the Chiefs. I mean, Andy Reid just said, fuck this cold. We are throwing the damn ball. I was like, okay, this they is interesting. This is interesting. They yeah, look great. And, and, I mean, and they looked gr- good. Listen, I'll say what I've been saying for a long time. I think this Chiefs offense has done a very good job of moving the football, but they've struggled in the red zone, and that was the case today. Now they were able to get in there, get a couple scores, and Bob called in earlier and said, "Hey, listen, consider the score and the weather." And he's absolutely right. Twenty-six to seven in this freezing cold—that yeah. is a pretty impressive score right there. But I think the offense definitely made progress yeah. today. One one thing is like today, like you like you said, like when we get in the red zone, I wanna I wanna score touchdowns. But today I knew it was gonna be a tough day because of the weather, and I'm like, shit, I'll take touchdown or uh, field goals. I'll take like give me like four Harrison Buckner field goals. I'll take it with a touchdown sprinkled in there, because I knew they weren't scoring on our defense the way that that the D looked today against the the Dolphins offense. You know, I'll take it. Like if. If we played like we did today, do you think they would be Buffalo? I don't care if it's in Buffalo or whatever. Like, I know Josh Allen's more elusive, like crazy on his legs. I feel like that's what usually beats us because he could, he's like Pat. He could get out of the pocket, and make plays. I feel like Josh Allen's the same way. And that's the only thing I'm really worried about with Buffalo. Like, our secondary, everything, like, if Josh Allen gets out of the pocket, I, that's where I worry. 
Listen, let me just say know. this. The, the first time they played, and I know no two games are the same, but let's just go with that right now because that's all we can go off of. Josh, yeah. the Buffalo Bills got off to a 14 nothing lead, and I was I was kind of nervous. Um, but the Chiefs adjusted, and they did something very similar in the Raiders game. The the first time the Chiefs and Raiders played, they did the same thing in the uh, Cincinnati game after trailing 17-7. They made a lot yeah. of adjustments in that one. Um, if the Chiefs defense can play better football for four quarters, look, Josh Allen's he's great. But the turnovers are an issue. Even in the game yeah. they came back to win last week against Miami, Josh Allen didn't play a great game. I mean, he got saved by his special teams oh. and defense in the fourth quarter there. And I know he got a score in the end, but if it's not for that special teams and defense, Miami probably holds on to win. And Miami didn't play a great game either. So, and again, you know, yeah, sure. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. If KT was not offside, man, the Chiefs, the Chiefs shut out or shut down rather um, Josh Allen after the 14, nothing deficit. So I have full confidence in Kansas city's defense. The offense just needs to wake the hell up. And they did today. Wasn't perfect, but they did today. Let's keep, I mean, we need to just keep it going. We'll see what happens. I mean, to beat the man, you got to be the man, right? Like if, I'm hoping for Pittsburgh so we could have a whole game, but if we got to go to Buffalo, so be it, man. I, if we're better, we'll win, right? I, I mean, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. I'll uh, I'll call after next week's victory. Let's go. All right, man. I love it. I appreciate it, Al. You take care of yourself. You have a good night celebrating up north in Wisconsin. Um, uh, to me, it's like, you know, and again, I think it's Buffalo, but, you know, we don't know for sure right now. Um, I, I want Buffalo so badly. I know a lot of people uh, were saying, oh, the Chiefs are going to get the easy game next week. When, when people thought it was going to be the Steelers, man, I did not want the Steelers. I wanted the Dolphins. I wanted to shut down Tyree Kill again, and the Chiefs did exactly that. Yeah, he scored one touchdown on the Chiefs. That's the only positive play from Miami's, um, from Miami's, uh, I was going to say Miami's offense, but really their entire game. Tell me one good thing about Miami in tonight's game, uh, for some of you last night, other than that touchdown, other than that touchdown. Yeah. Pittsburgh is the easier game. I don't want the easy game. This is a playoffs, man. I get this question every year, um, because the chiefs, uh, uh, they, they make a deep playoff run every year. I get this every year. Who's easier to play in the AFC championship. Who's easier to play in the super bowl. Well, if someone's in the super bowl or the AFC title game, it's not going to be easy. Um, I get it. Yeah. There might be ideal matchups per se, but, uh, if, if a team is making that big of a run, uh, in the playoffs, they're not, there's nothing easy about playing that team. Uh, I always use this example. The two, my, uh, not Miami, uh, the two New York giants teams that won the super bowl with Eli and the Eagles team that won the super bowl with Nick Foles. Everybody wanted to play those two teams. The giants, when they beat the Patriots, when the Patriots were trying to go undefeated for the whole year, I think every playoff game that year was a revenge game for the Giants. They beat every team that in the playoffs that they had lost to in the regular. I think they got killed by the Cowboys twice that year and avenged that in the yeah, you're you're one and two against the Cowboys, but that one win in the playoffs completely overshadows um the two from the regular season. So you know, yeah, sure. You might look at a team and say they're easy. Obviously, Nick Foles and the Eagles. I think, um, if I recall, the 
the uh, the Eagles were the betting underdogs in every playoff game, and they were the first team ever to be underdogs in every postseason game and win all of them. So uh, now, is that rare? Yeah, that that doesn't happen often. But um, I, listen, I just want the hard games because this year Kansas City with oh the refs helped them sure. Um, and then the, the Chiefs only complain about the officiating, which I love that. I, I, I love that. And then this narrative of the Chiefs can't score 20 points. They're going to be one and done. What, where, by the way, um, I've been keeping an eye on the chat, not the entire time, but where are all those people who said the Chiefs were going to be one and done? Where are all those people? I don't see them. I don't see anybody that was loud about how the Chiefs were going to struggle and lose and they were going to be one and done in the playoffs. I don't see any of those people here. I know the Chiefs have not given people a reason to be confident about them. I I 100% get that. But, uh, gosh, man, bring the same energy. That's what I always say. You guys, for those of you who are here, I recognize some of you guys, uh, some of the names on here. I bring the same energy, win or lose. You guys all know that. Uh, But, man, when, when the Chiefs lose, there are a lot of people who have a lot of things to say about the Chiefs. And when they're winning... And when they prove people wrong, um, there are a lot of people who are nowhere to be found. Those same people, nowhere to be found. Uh, would you rather play Houston or Buffalo, Chris is asking. Houston's at home, which, you know, I I, I want the home game, of course. But uh, you know what, man? I, I want Buffalo. I want Buffalo. I get it. That's That's not the home game. But I want Buffalo, man. Not because I'm scared of the Texans. Texans played great today. I had the Browns winning that game. But give me Buffalo. I want that game back because if the Steelers win, you want to be able to get that game back. But I, I, I just I, I just want to play Buffalo. And I know that's, you know, be careful what you ask for. But, man, I, I just want to get that game back because I think Kansas City was the better team. And, look, I've always believed. I, I still think Buffalo was a better team that night. Yeah, KT, his toes were in the wrong part of the they were on the line of scrimmage, but you know what it could have should have. The better team is the one that always wins. I know people don't like that saying, oh, well, they outplayed them or, or, or they looked better, but who won the game? You know, um, and plus this whole notion of the Chiefs cannot win a, um, a road playoff game. Um, let's get that. L- let's get that out of the way and get one for Mahomes because he's never played a road playoff game. OK, yeah, the, the Tampa Bay Super Bowl, but. Um, you know, uh, that was in 2020 or technically 2021, uh, when there was a limited capacity. So it didn't feel like a true road game. Um, I know statistically it counts as a neutral game, uh, neutral playing field game, uh, a neutral site game, but you know, with the fans and all that stuff, it wasn't like a true road uh, or true home game either for the bucks. Um, I want I want Buffalo. I know a lot of you guys are probably going to disagree and say Houston because you say at home. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. If the Chiefs can stay at home one more time and beat a very good and hot Houston team, because I think Houston is the better team. I think Houston is a better team than Buffalo. Um, but again, I don't I don't want Buffalo because I think they're easier. I do think they are the easier team. I just want to get that game back and get that road win for Mahomes. Charlie, you've been waiting very, very patiently. Charlie, how are you? I'm great. I'm absolutely great. Are you a podcaster? Uh, I, what's that? Are you a podcaster? Uh, what what would you? Uh, uh, you just have this. Clip? You just have a beautiful setup. The the microphone stand looks a lot better than mine, man. And you got a great audio quality on that mic. 
I appreciate it. I've got a uh, roadcaster sitting here next to me. I got the same I've one. I've got my I've got my uh Jayhawks basketball behind me that I, I don't have my entire backlight backlight up, but I got my Chiefs Kingdom over my shoulder here. <laughs> cool, man. Okay, I was just curious. This shirt was purchased the last time the Dolphins came to Kansas City in uh, was it 2017. It was a Christmas Eve game. 2017. So I, I, yeah, 2017 Christmas Eve. Okay. That was that was uh it was like the second to last game of the regular season and we won and secured a AFC West title that year. Okay, man. Wow. It was I, one of the one of the last eight. I don't recall that game specifically, but okay, I'll take your word for it. Uh, it was it was cold. It was a noon game <laughs> and it was uh 20 degree or 29 degrees and snowing at kickoff and about 20 mile an hour winds. It was cold. But uh I agree with you as far as who do you want? Who would you rather see? Uh, bring on Buffalo. I'm tired of the Josh Allen talk. We'll, we'll give him 13 seconds again. <laughs> Too soon. Dude, I, I I cannot with the – I mean, even during the halftime of this game, they were, oh, well, Josh Allen. Okay, cool. Cool story. But, no, uh, yeah, it would be cool to see – uh, Kansas City play at home one more time. But uh, again, I think it would be equally as cool to get this. Oh, but you know, he's never, he's never played a road playoff game. I, I think it would be cool to get that out the door. It, listen, let me just say something about that road playoff game. One more thing I want to add, Charlie, because yeah. you know, okay. Yeah. He hasn't, he hasn't played a road playoff game. Yeah. Because the chiefs win a lot in the regular season and this year has not been the case, but man, um, if you uh, listen, here's what I will say. It would be funny if Pittsburgh somehow won because if yeah. the Chiefs do get another home game, you know what's going to happen, Charlie? People are going to say, oh, Arrowhead it's rigged. It's um, it's rigged. And the the NFL is doing whatever they can to help yeah. the, uh, the, the Chiefs, which is going to be funny. But no, I, I agree with you. I want Buffalo. If they were doing that, they should have uh, woken up on a couple of PIs. But who's counting? There was there was a there was a couple Hmm. Really? That's okay. Yeah. There was one that was during the second half of that Houston game that the guy got there way early. Oh yeah. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. On Richie James. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, during the Houston game. Oh, during the Houston there game. There was one during the Houston game too. Oh, okay. I and mean, he had him wrapped up, but no, uh, go ahead and get that. Um, you know, the, the road game, road home, road to home playoff game conversation. Get that out of the way, and let's finally put the nail in the coffin on Josh Allen for the season. Yes, we did it for the Bengals. We got we got them sitting at the house. <laughs> let's let's do that for the Bills too. Oh I'm, man, I'm tired. Those two fan bases will not, especially Buffalo. If the Chiefs do it again this time in Buffalo, you know they are not going to yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I. I, I really have nothing left to I, I, for for Buffalo. I, I just don't. It's terrible. Listen, I, I think Buffalo's a good team, and I think Josh Allen's great, but I, I see all these Buffalo fans that complain, why is Josh Allen not in the MVP conversation? Look at all the touchdowns. Yeah, he gets a lot of <laughs> yeah, touchdowns. All the fumbles and all the interceptions. I mean, c come on, man. It's like you got to look at both sides of it. If the guy would take care of the turnovers – Buffalo can be the mm -hmm. best team in the NFL, but until they do. And by the way, did you hear 
Sean McDermott's comment from like two or three weeks ago after the Patriots game where they won, but Josh Allen played a bad game and uh, through the air. And yeah. the question was, you know, how do you figure out the woes with Josh Allen in the passing game? And he said, if we would have figured it out, uh, we would have done it by now. I'm like, whoa. Well, yeah, at least with the That's Chiefs, hard, yeah. at least with the Chiefs, when they keep saying we're going to figure it out, at least they're not giving up. I mean, yeah, it's annoying yeah. when you hear it so many times, but I digress. Yeah, and the thing that you keep hearing, because I watched from my home uh, tonight. I did obviously did not go to Kansas City. <laughs> I live in South Georgia. Okay. Uh, I grew up. I grew up in Northeast Kansas, but I. I uh, live in South Georgia now, so getting to a game is a little trickier. Yeah. Um, but that, that, uh, man, what was I going to say now? Shoot. Um, but the, the, the other reason I want to see the things play out like that, it would be great if the Steelers would go on this, a nice little two game run and knock these people out so that, we can have another Arrowhead Invitational. That would be that would be epic. Oh, oh boy, the meltdown and from people. Can you imagine KC. how absolutely wonderfully obnoxious Nick Wright would be on first things <laughs> first? It'd be amazing. <gasps> oh, I mean, that'd be awesome. Just, that would be amazing just to watch him crow and watch Wilds and Brew just. Oh no! Oh. Well, Greg Jennings was he was really optimistic that the Dolphins were going to like dominate the Chiefs in this one. And you know, Nick Wright's going to have a banner ready for that, for that uh, Monday show. Just one. <laughs> I, he's probably going to fill that wall. Uh, probably. I, we, yeah. my, my wife's a Falcons fan, but she calls the Chiefs her step team. There you, I like that. The step team. Uh, Charlie, is there anything else you wanted to add? No, uh, but I, I do try to interact with you when I can. Um, and yes, we do podcast. We have a have an episode all about our preseason rankings for the NFL quarterbacks. That well, we did. well, what's your podcast? Share it on here. It's called uh, In Our Life Podcast. Um, the website is inourlifepodcast.com. Uh, we're on YouTube at In Our Life Podcast. There's another one that's not all one word, and it's definitely not us. Okay. But uh, I'll... Uh, yeah, it, if you go to inourlifepodcast.com, you'll find us. We're on Facebook, same handle. Good stuff. Okay. All right. Well, people can check it out if they want to hear you. All right, Charlie, thanks for calling in, How man. about those Chiefs? I love it. Appreciate it, man. You have a good night. Um, his uh, microphone sounds a lot nicer and better than mine. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Looks cooler, too. Um, by the way, uh, someone was asking in the chat uh, while I was talking to Charlie there, Casey asking, how do you pronounce your first and last name? I, I love when I get this question. It's Farzine Vesugian. That is uh, that is how you say it. Um, yeah, I apologize to not getting a lot of uh, comments today, but don't get me wrong. I, I'm seeing your guys' comments and trying to, um, trying to feed off some of those uh, right there. Uh, was this one of the least stressful games of the season? Yes, I would say one of the least stressful playoff games in the Mahomes era. Cause every playoff game has to be interesting for, cause that's what the chiefs do for some damn reason. Um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Is this like the least stressful chiefs game? It, like in the Mahomes era in the, in the playoffs? I think it is. I, I, I didn't even think about that, Matt, but I think you might be right. 
I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Obviously, the uh, every playoff game, the year the Chiefs won the uh, su- uh, the Super Bowl the first time with the uh, against the 49ers, every game was well. Okay, yeah, they blew out the Texans, but yeah, the first quarter was not good. Um, the second year in the playoffs, the 2020 playoffs. I mean, I don't know. I feel like the Buffalo game. Yeah, the Chiefs got off to a weird start. It was like nine nothing or ten nothing to start, but. Um, I uh, I don't know. I, Brandon says he lives in Green Bay and Green Bay fans are toxic. Really? I've heard nothing but nice things about Green Bay fans. This is you're like one of the very few people I've ever heard say this about Packers fans. Wow, that's um okay. So a lot of you guys agree with me that um that this is uh, the least stressful playoff game. Okay, a lot of you guys. Okay, let me ask you this. And, and come on, let's like take emotion out of it. Who do you guys think is going to win that game Monday? Assuming it's on Monday, Buffalo or Pittsburgh? I mean, Pittsburgh is just beat up. And I think I saw a comment from Christopher. Uh, I'm trying to scroll up to find it. Uh, I can't find where that is. Or maybe, oh, there it is. Uh, Christopher says, don't underestimate the Steelers. Josh Allen likes throwing to the other team. Recipe for early vacation. Uh, I love how you put that. Um, I I agree that he does commit a lot of turnovers, and I think Buffalo will make some mistakes in this game, courtesy of Josh Allen. I don't know if it's going to be enough to to beat for for the Steelers to capitalize on that. Unless Allen, okay, a lot of you guys are saying the Bills. A couple of you guys are saying the Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins, Steelers. I'm all over the place tonight. Uh, it, it's almost midnight, man. Give me a break. <laughs> Um, yeah, see, no TJ Watt, Brandon. I agree that um, that definitely is uh, is a factor. Um, but if Josh Allen has like a record for most turnovers, even then, I'm I'm gonna go maybe Pittsburgh. Um, I did a parlay, which is already busted. Thanks a lot, Cleveland. Um, but in that parlay, I did pick uh, I did pick Buffalo. Without hesitation. And I think I picked Buffalo to cover the spread. By the way, I will say this. In-game parlay tonight. Um, I I had the Chiefs covering. Pacheco to score. Tua under 230.5. Clyde Edwards-Alaire over 10.5 rushing yards. That was easy. Isaiah Pacheco over 65.5 rushing yards. Patrick's, Patrick Mahomes over 26.5 rushing yards. Tyreek Hill under 81.5 rushing yards. Taking home a couple Benjamins home with me tonight. By the way, uh, we passed 79,000 followers tonight. Thank you guys. You guys are absolutely awesome. Um, This happens every year come playoff time. By the way, I'm not even joking. Uh, I'll, I'll put this on the screen. We had today 337 followers. Um, I normally don't like put out things like this, but um, man, I, I mean, this time of year, obviously it's always crazy and we've gotten bigger and bigger every year. You guys are absolutely awesome. So thank you guys so much for that. Um, it's it, This has changed my life. So seriously, thank you guys. Um, I really do appreciate it. Uh, please invite your friends. If you do it on your phone, it's it's a lot easier, but there's like a button you click. It says invite your friends What on the page. Uh, if you guys could take a moment to do that at some point, uh, just invite a few of your, of your friends. 
That's how the show grows. Sharing the stuff, uh, liking the post, all that stuff, commenting even, that helps out and goes a long way. So thank you guys so much, man. This is awesome. And let me just say one more thing. We hit exactly 50,000 followers the day of the Super Bowl last year. So we are less than 1,000 away from 80K. And if we can hit 80K by the Super Bowl, that's 30K in one year. Um you guys are awesome, man. I I appreciate you guys. I can't I can't thank you guys enough for that. So I appreciate it, man. Uh, you guys are awesome. Just a few more things we'll go over with this Chiefs Dolphins game. I have failed to mention this guy's name, and, and and none of the callers brought it up. I I've seen this in the comments a little bit. George Karloftis. Let's talk about that guy for a moment. Tua got sacked twice. And Carl Loftus was responsible for both of them. He split one of those sacks with Chris Jones. But man, you know, you talk about the young guys on this Chiefs team. And by the way, let's go back to the Tyree Kill trade for a moment because um, it's kind of like the Jared Allen trade from 2008, where you got a first round pick and two thirds from the Jared Allen trade. The Tyree Kill trade, you got a first, the second, and a lot of other draft picks uh, after that. Uh, for both um, this past year and the year before. And what that allowed the Chiefs to do is to explore a lot of other options out there that they might not be able to do uh, if they did not trade Tyreek Hill. If you don't trade Tyreek Hill, um, you probably don't get Trent McDuffie because if you recall, the Chiefs traded up to get Trent McDuffie from, I think they traded up with the Patriots to get him. Uh, obviously, when, it, when a team does that, it's generally because they found out that another team is interested in the player that they really want. And then when the Chiefs had their um, their own first-round draft pick for that same year, uh, the same night, they ended up getting George Karloftis. So, uh, uh, man, these young guys, Karloftis, uh, uh, I know Sneed's not a young guy, but, man, he's, he's not that old. It's not like this guy is a seasoned veteran by all means compared to some of the other elite cornerbacks in the NFL. Rasheed Rice, Isaiah Pacheco. We're talking about guys who a lot of them that I've been mentioning were either drafted this year or last year. Um, we're not seeing, you know, the, any guy like Travis Kelsey. Yeah, played a better game today. MVS, I mean, that guy is your most experienced wide receiver, and he's really not doing a whole lot for you. Um, I mean, the Chiefs are getting a lot of key plays from these young guys, and I love it, man. I, I, Brett Veach has done a phenomenal job of drafting. I, the big knock on Brett Veach is, well, he can't get a wide receiver. Now, that's been kind of silenced a little bit lately because of Rasheed Rice, um, but uh, the the thing about Brett Veach, you got to look at his overall body of work, okay? The Chiefs uh, fired John Dorsey, and they pr uh, promote Brett Veach, and the Chiefs have been this great team since then. I mean, who's been better ever since the Chiefs have promoted Brett Veach? Who has more wins in the regular season and in the playoffs? I mean, there's no team that can match Kansas City's record since 2017, which is, you know, that summer, kind of a weird summer with the whole John Dorsey situation. That's when the Chiefs uh, promoted uh, Brett Veach. Yes, I agree. He's got to be better about the wide receivers. Yeah, he missed on McCole Hardman. Did have a good rookie year, but he he just hasn't been the same since then. Definitely missed on Sky Moore and, 
Um, you know, it, it, it may be possible we've seen the last of Sky Moore in a Chiefs jersey. We don't know yet, although Andy Reid hinted that he could come back if the Chiefs make a deep playoff run. By the way, I'm looking at the uh, highlights on ESPN.com. Man, that run for Mahomes, the one where he got his helmet cracked, boy, what a, he had a couple of really good runs in this game. Um, so uh, two, two of them for 41 yards, and you needed that. And I'm glad Mahomes is doing that because I feel like Mahomes this year for whatever reason, he hesitates to run. And I feel like part of the reason he wants to throw the ball more is to give confidence in his receivers who have been struggling this year. So I get that. But, man, it's just at the end of the day, um, I I, I think, uh, you know, if there's a wide open lane, man, take it. I remember in the Raiders game in Allegiant Stadium, I don't know how this looked on TV. You, you definitely would be able to see it on the All-22, but I remember Mahomes had a wide open lane. This was while the Chiefs were trailing, like struggling immensely early in, uh, in the first half against the Raiders. And he had a wide open lane and then he throws it last second at Kelsey. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Um, so I like that recently we've seen Mahomes take off and scramble and he seems to, you know, be cautious. Yeah, he 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 does. He did kind of run into a couple of uh, dolphins here, but he all, he put himself in a position where he would not get hurt and lose the football. It's so easy for quarterbacks to lose the football in that situation. But man, he looked really good doing that. So, um, uh, but but going back back to my comment about Brett Veach and how well he's drafted. Uh, yeah, wide receiver could improve, sure, even with the Rasheed Rice pick. But man. You want to talk about overall body of work. So many great players that have been drafted by Brett Veach. These young guys. And again, you look at Carl Loftus. Um, what a monster this guy's turned into. He had a very, very, very quiet start to his rookie season. I think he had, if you include the playoffs, because the Chiefs played 20 games last year. If you include the playoffs... Carl Loftus only had one sack or maybe even just half of a sack the first 10 games. And then the next 10 games, he went on a tear with like nine or 10 more sacks. Um, and he played a big part in getting to Joe Burrow because the knock on the Chiefs was in the previous AFC title game was that the Chiefs could not get to Burrow. And then in the uh, the second time they met in the AFC title game, the Chiefs got to him a lot. And Carl Loftus played a big part in that. I, the one thing I love about Carl Loftus from that game is when he got to Burrow and it was the fourth time he got to him. And I just noticed, I, I just had that number ready in my head because how, how many times they were getting to him and the sack celebration, he goes one, two, three, four. It was like, I'm like, I just, I just even like thought of that too, that it was the fourth sack on, on uh, Burrow. So uh, Carl Loftus has played great. And I'll say this too, because FAU, which was a surprise to me, and I don't know if Andy Reid addressed this in his press conference. He probably did, but I've been talking to you guys, so I haven't had a chance to check that out. I'll definitely do that when uh, when I sign off here. But um, FAU is inactive today, which I thought was interesting. I'll say this right now. I know at this moment... Um, it would be it would have been nicer to have a wide receiver uh, with that first round pick uh, or, or something on offense that would have helped the Chiefs. But I, I truly do believe we will look back at this one day and I think Chiefs fans are going to feel pretty good about the FAU draft pick. I will say this. I would not mind Charles Aminuhu coming back. I think you've got to bring that guy back. And if you do, what does that do for FAU? Because... You know, he's kind of low on the depth chart right now. So I will say this. I'm not going to dismiss the possibility that the Chiefs might try to find a trade partner for him because they may not have 
as much use for him right now. I don't think that happens, but I can't uh, dismiss that possibility. But uh, the point I'm trying to make here is um, I, 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 the fact that you have Carl Loftus and you have another first round draft pick who's kind of, you know, waiting for his opportunity right now in FAU. That's really going to help Kansas City's defensive line. Um, now, with Chris Jones possibly moving on, and he has said a couple of times on the record that this could realistically be his final year in Kansas City, um, you definitely need to find someone in the middle because Derek Nadi, I know Derek Nadi uh, left this game with an injury, but Derek Nadi, um, you know, he's not going to cut it for you. He's been around a long time on this defense, um, but that's because the Chiefs can't find anyone else. So the Chiefs definitely need to find maybe like a second tier defensive tackle or, or maybe try to find someone in the draft. But I have a feeling the Chiefs are going to want to go offensive heavy in the draft this year. So I don't know. I mean, it's um, it's pretty important. Gwen says we need to keep Drew Tranquil. Yeah, that's another important guy here. I, I'll say this. I think in order, the priorities should be Legereus Sneed, Charles Ominehu, and Drew Tranquil. Obviously, Chris Jones, like he's the best player uh, of that entire defense, but he's going to cost you too damn much. And I get it. Great players are going to cost money. But with Kansas City's offensive issues and the thought that maybe Kansas City's defense can play well without Chris Jones, you got to find that middle guy, though. And I think you can do it with a second tier free agent. Um, but that's a topic for another time. We don't need to get into it too much. Deb says, what do we do about Jawan Taylor? Uh, or actually Deb said, what do we do about Taylor? You're either asking about Taylor Swift or Jawan Taylor. I have a feeling you're asking about Jawan Taylor. Um, I'm being facetious by the way. Um, here's what I'm going to say. And I said this earlier, so I don't know if you, uh, heard this Deb earlier. I know people are going in and out of the live stream. Um, to me, I think what you've got to do, um, the guy has had some good moments as a pass blocker. Um, he's he's allowed a lot of pressures, has not been very consistent. Uh, he's been inconsistent, in fact. Uh, the penalties, that's brutal. I, I mean, those are hurting the Chiefs on offense. It it's taken it, it took away a touchdown pass to MVS in the Bears game, which didn't matter because that was a blowout win anyway. Um, the whole thing with him lining up and jumping uh, the, the false, I, I think that's just lame because Lane Johnson does it the exact same way. And Dean Blandino, some of his sources in Philadelphia, even admitted that to him, according to Dean Blandino himself. So, um, you know, I, I think with Jawan Taylor, um, if he can't improve, cut him. Take the cap hit because he's not going to restructure that deal. I know a lot of people are saying Jawan Taylor needs uh, the Chiefs need to restructure Jawan Taylor's contract. Yeah, I agree. Is Jawan Taylor going to agree to it? If I'm Jawan Taylor, I would not do it. Man, I want the millions of dollars. Um, but if uh, you know Brett Veach has been able to uh, to do these things in the past, um, he, he he's done it with uh, Mahomes a couple of times with Tooney with uh, with uh, Kelsey. Um, so I, I think he can find a way, uh, but, you know, I don't know. I, I think you got to have a, a moment where you sit down with him and his agent and say, look, man, the amount of money we're paying you and the production we got from you in your first year, not good at all. And we cannot afford this kind of uh, kind of play when we have the best quarterback in the NFL. 
So, um, and, and listen, you're not going to trade him. So, uh, not that anyone said that in the in the chat, but I know some people are listening saying, well, could we trade him? No, because he's bad and no one's going to take that contract from Kansas City. There's no way. Um, uh, Gwen says, do you think Nagy will be out after this season? Well, if the Chiefs can make it, listen, I will say this right now because I have been very critical of the Chiefs coaching staff on offense. I got to give them credit today. I think the Chiefs offensively were a much better team. Yes, they stalled today in the red zone, which has been a big issue all year. But you scored 26 points and you outscored the Dolphins 26 to 7 in the freezing cold. I will take that. So I can live with Kansas City's issues today in the freezing cold in a playoff game, mind you. Okay? I can take that because... This Chiefs team, they stuck to their strengths. They utilized Pacheco. They utilized Kelsey. They utilized Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice, I I said at the beginning of the podcast, but if you didn't hear me earlier, I'll just repeat it again because it is worth repeating. Rasheed Rice did not look like a rookie tonight. This guy looked like a grown-ass man on the gridiron. Eight catches, 130 yards. Rookies generally don't play like that. They just don't. They play way better. And again, when you consider all the problems you have with your wide receivers this year, man, that is a beautiful stat line. Um, And it definitely kind of eases the pain a little bit. The problems don't go away. Chiefs still have problems on offense. The tackles, I I will say Donovan Smith looked great today. I did not have a lot of issues with Donovan Smith. Yeah, a couple plays here and there, but Donovan Smith looked a lot better today than he had during the season. It was his first game back too, mind you. And listen, I said it earlier, I'll say it again. The Dolphins' defense was beat up. So can you play the same way against Buffalo's defense, which has some, uh, I mean, they've got some some bad boys up there. Uh, So I, I definitely, you know, would have some concerns for that game because we saw the Chiefs kind of struggle against Max Crosby in that uh, Christmas game, uh, they definitely struggled against Trey Hendrickson a couple of weeks ago, but they made some adjustments. I think Wanya Morris got better as the game went on after that forced fumble. Um, yeah, just looking at Buffalo's pass rushers, which, again, I, I know the uh, game hasn't been played yet, but you know, Shaq Lawson, Greg Roserau, uh, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd. I mean, that's a good group right there. That That really is. So uh, the Chiefs definitely need to be, their offensive tackles need to play better uh, against Buffalo's defense, if it is Buffalo, and I think it will be. Yeah, Travis, no, I agree with you. Yeah, it should have been two touchdowns. And the thing about that illegal block in the back, and I know um, someone called in earlier and disagreed with the penalty. I I thought it was the right penalty call right there. Um, You're taking touchdowns away, man. It happened in the um, the Chicago game I mentioned, but you know, it didn't matter too much because it was a blowout win. But in the playoffs, you cannot be making those mistakes in the playoffs. You can't. You absolutely can't. Uh, since 1971, that rookie stood. How many yards did that rookie have, and what was his name? Uh, I appreciate you mentioning the the year because I know uh, Tariko mentioned it had been. Um, it had been a record for a very long time, but I'll be honest, I do not know who has that record. Um, let me see if I can find that because I am very curious myself. Uh, what was the what was the um, the exact stat? I think it was most catches 
or no, I'm sorry, most yards in a uh, most receiving yards in a game by a Chiefs rookie. So, oh, the, the coincidentally, it was the Dolphins who they played, um, and they lost that game, longest game in NFL history. Yeah, that that one. Uh, let me see if I can find out who that was because I'm very curious to know myself. Receiving yards, Elmo Wright. How many of you guys know who Elmo Wright is? I didn't even know the Chiefs had a player named Elmo. When was he drafted? 1971 in the first round. Okay. Hold on one second. Elmo Wright. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiz everyone right here, okay? Let's just do this because, you know, we've talked a lot about the game. Let's have a little bit of fun tonight. Hold on. My internet can, can work. Someone tell me what number jersey Elmo Wright had. Like, I, I need that answer in like five seconds. I, I had to Google it. I didn't, I didn't even know who the hell Elmo Wright was. He was only with the Chiefs for just a few couple of years. Uh, for in college, went to Houston. Then played with the Oilers, Houston Oilers, and the New England Patriots. How many of you guys can tell me what jersey number Elmo Wright had? <laughs> Oh, Char- Charlie knows his Chiefs, man. Uh, yeah, 23 and 17. It's on his Wikipedia, it says 23 and 17. I don't know which one he had in Kansas City, unless Charlie looked it up at the same time as me. Uh, Travis said double zero. No, Kyle said 14. Christopher said 15. Bob said 80. Yeah, Casey saying 17. Yeah, it was. I, I don't know what it was with the Chiefs, but it says 23 and 17 on his Wikipedia. I want to know what number Elmo Wright had. With the Chiefs, 17. Okay, so I guess he wore 23 when he went to the Oilers. Yeah, it, he had 23 in college. Elmo Wright. I guarantee you nobody had ever heard of Elmo Wright. Unless, I mean... Oh, okay, you looked it up on Wikipedia. Well, there you go. How many yards was it? It was 104 yards. Where was it? I just added 104 yards. Ed Podolak had 110 yards. You guys know who Ed Podolak is. Um, man, Podolak had 85 yards rushing and 110 yards receiving and a touchdown through the air and on the ground. I know it was a double overtime game, but still, I think for that period of time, that's pretty damn impressive. But yeah, uh, Wendell Hayes also rushed for a hundred yards in that game. Um, so yeah, Podolak had a 110 yards receiving and Elmo Wright had 104 yards. So Paul Warfield for the um, for the Dolphins at 140 yards. Okay, we're getting way too off topic here. I don't think I care that much about that game. Uh, yeah, you remember watching the Houston Oilers win? Yeah. <laughs> Who names their kid Elmo? Um, I don't know. When when the hell did Sesame Street come out? I, I never liked that show. By the way, I I hated that show when I was a kid. I was I was like a Power Rangers and Pokemon kid. Didn't really care for those PBS shows. Um, we are definitely getting off topic tonight. I love it, man. I love it, man. I love having fun with you guys. Um, good times. Good times as well. Okay. Chiefs won today. And they uh, they proved a lot of people wrong tonight. For damn sure. Um, a lot of people thought they were going to be one and done. Not even remotely close to that. Patrick Mahomes, I thought, played better. Travis Kelsey played much better tonight. Rasheed Rice played like a monster. The Chiefs' defense maybe had their best game of the year. And listen, 
They had, I, I know, you know, they, they've got guys that are injured, but they got all their offensive guys that they needed. They had Mostert, they had Achan, they had Tyreek Hill, they had Jalen Waddell. None of them did anything. Tyreek Hill had that 53-yard touchdown catch and run, and that is the only positive from Miami in this entire game. Um, yeah, they had a couple of fourth down conversions in the fourth quarter when the game was way out of reach and Clyde Edwards, Alaire fumbled again, the game was way out of reach. Nobody gave a damn at, at that time. I, I was, I was preparing for the podcast. So, um, this is, um, this is going to be very interesting to see. Let's talk about how the dolphins are like one and five against winning teams. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a really, it's a really bad record. Um, the Dolphins have a lot of things to work on this offseason. Yeah, their offense was awesome, but against bad teams. So, Elmo was born 20 years before Sesame Street premiere. Okay, thank you, Kara, for uh, for looking that up. Um, off topic, but how can I get my nephew an invite to Pat Camp? What's Pat Camp? Like, Patrick Mahomes football camp? That I don't know. Um... You would probably need to look up Patrick Mahomes football camp online. I, I listen. I know a lot of these these guys do football camps. Some do, some don't. Uh, I mean, Deb says I'm sure they'll blame it on the cold. Yeah, that or the referees. You know, I, I'm I'm just waiting for it tomorrow morning. The slow mo clips and all that stuff on Twitter. Um, if if it hasn't been done already. So I laugh when Tua threw into the McDuffie Sneed combo. Yeah, I mean. Uh, look, I get it. Uh, they're, you know, they're desperate for something. Um, but my God, McDuffie and Sneed double teaming on Tyree kill. Love it. Love it. I know uh, Bengals fans like they think double teaming someone is the root of all evil and like the worst thing a defense could do, even though their defense does it all the time. Uh, but yeah, man, that's that's what you're supposed to do when you're going up against the most dynamic receiver in NFL history. And obviously, listen, let me just say this. McDuffie complete, you know, Bad play on that. McDuffie improved a lot as the game went on. And I'll tell you what, that fourth down play right there where Tyreek Hill was open and Tua saw him, but he didn't see McDuffie rushing in to bat that pass away. I mean, he definitely made up for allowing that touchdown later on in the game when he forced a big turnover on downs right there. That was a huge play from from McDuffie. Uh, that was good to see. And again, kind of what I was saying earlier, all these young guys, Pacheco, Rice, um, McDuffie, uh, Carl Loftus. I mean, so many of these guys that are making big plays for your defense. It is so fun to see right now. I'm loving it. And uh, I'd love to see it happen again. Um, I'd love, to, I, I'd love to see it happen again next week against Buffalo. Gwen's asking, anyone surprised no teams are requesting interview with Spags? I'd cry if he left us. Um, I don't know if he has any interest in becoming a head coach again because Chris Jones mentioned this. Uh, Chris Jones has mentioned this in a couple of interviews. He said that um, the reason the defense is playing so well is because Spag's wife actually moved to Kansas City. Now, I don't know where she was living before Kansas City. I'm guessing maybe in New York where I I think that was his last stop. Uh, And by the way, this is more common than I think some of you guys might realize. Um, There are a lot of players who are like dirty, like look at Joe Flacco. And I don't know where exactly Joe Flacco's residency is, but right now when he's with, when he's, well, the, their season's over, but being with Cleveland, um, 
he's had to stay away. Trent Green, actually, when he left Kansas City, when he got traded to Miami, and I know he went somewhere else after that, his family stayed in Kansas City. So he was doing the whole, like, you know, living the um, the, the the apartment life. And then, you know, when the lease was up, going back to his family in Kansas City, and he still has his home here. So um, I'm not surprised, Gwen. Because I think the guy is locked in, especially with his wife now moving and living in Kansas City with him full time now. Um, uh, I uh, I don't think he has any interest in wanting to go. And by the way, what's his age? I know he's up there in age. Let me just um, Steve Spags age because I know he is. Uh, he's sixty four years old. Okay. Um, do I think with the way he's coaching that is worthy of head coach considerations? Yes. But I think he's at a point right now in his life where he doesn't want to move around. So look, I mean, I'm just looking at his Wikipedia right now. Okay. Since 1981, grad assistant of Massachusetts, the Washington Redskins in 83 as an intern, Lafayette, Connecticut, uh, the Barcelona dragons in the NFL, Europe, Maine, Rutgers, Bowling Green, Frankfurt, Galaxy, Philadelphia Eagles. He, he was in Philadelphia for a few years. Then he went to be the head coach of the, or no, the DC of the Giants, the head coach of the Rams, DC of the Saints, defensive assistant for the Ravens, uh, went back to the New York Giants. Man, th- that guy has been moving around a lot in this sport. And, and listen, this is kind of a common thing. Even if you are a very good defensive or offensive coach, um, it is still very common to move around a lot. I, I, I can't imagine that lifestyle. Um, when I was in KU covering the Jayhawks, Charlie Weiss, um, his family, were, they were in Florida because he was the offensive coordinator for the Florida Gators. When KU hired him, and some of you guys may know this, some of you guys may not know this, when KU hired him, um, he kept his family, his his uh, wife and his daughter in Florida. Some people may not know this, but his daughter has severe autism. And when they were living in Kansas City, when Weiss was the offensive coordinator here, she did not have a good experience in the school she went to. But in Florida, the school that she was going to, it made a big difference for her. And it helped her out a lot. Now, I don't know all the details behind all of that. And I think a lot of that stuff is personal and and, and we can all leave it at that. But my point is, Charlie Weiss, because of his daughter, his wife and daughter stayed in Florida he and his son, his son was a, a college student and he wanted to coach and he's an offensive coordinator in the SEC, I think. So he um, he and his son came to Lawrence. So uh, I'm sure there are a lot of stories out there about coaches being away from their wives and kids and, and, and family and whatnot. It's not an easy job. Yeah, there may. Charlie Weiss had, was making two and a half million dollars and didn't win a lot of games. But also in his contract, um, there was... Um, there was a provision there that he and his wife can have unlimited travel from Lawrence to Florida. I don't know what part of Florida. So I, I, Gainesville, I'm assuming, which is where the University of Florida is, which would make sense. Um, but it was in his contract that he would have unlimited flights to Florida and back and his wife as well, because his wife would come out for the games. So these kinds of things with Spags and you know his wife coming here, there are probably a lot of stories out there like that. Um Eric Bieniemy, I know he did not get a head coaching job, which is ridiculous, but at least he got to stay in Kansas City for five years. Now he goes to Washington. They fired uh, Ron Rivera, and now Bieniemy is kind of a uh, you know a free agent, not really sure what to do. Uh, is he is he going to move again, go somewhere else? You know, and I don't know his family situation, so um, you know. Uh, my, my point is, there are a lot of stories like this out there. 
Uh, Farzine, did you catch a KU game earlier today? Rockstar Jag? Yes, I did. That was a uh, that was a really good win. Kind of a weird first half, but man, they uh, really just took it away from Oklahoma. Uh, a big uh, a big uh, a big game for them for sure uh, against another top ten team. Yeah, sacrifice, man. Uh, this is because coaches aren't making that much money. Assistant coaches, that is. Um, yeah, they probably make more than the average person, but when you consider that they're living in one place during the season and another in the off season, and then trying to pay for their family to come out to games and whatnot, you know, the money doesn't mean as much to them. They're doing it because of the love of the sport. Um, it's a very difficult job. I, I, I think a lot of times, especially younger people, they hear a player or a coach and they automatically assume that they're all millionaires and they have private jets and what definitely not the life of an assistant coach. Um, prime example of being away from your wife as a coach, urban Meyer, I'll be honest. I don't, I actually am not familiar with that. I don't know if you're making a joke or not. Cause I know urban Meyer and his last year in Jacksonville was not good. Uh, but if you are being serious, then okay. I don't know the stories behind that. That's really interesting. Something we don't know about Spags is great. Yeah. And Chris Jones has said, uh, to go back to Gwen's question, um, Chris Jones has said that's a huge reason why the defense is doing so good. Like who would have thought that a defensive coordinator's wife moving in and living with, with him full time now after they've moved around so much, that would be a big factor in your defense playing so great. Oh, you were just joking. Okay. I didn't really, I didn't really catch that there, but um, it's good to see. It's good to see. Yeah. Um, I know there are so many like documentaries, like the quarterback documentary with that Mahomes was a part of, and then the Kelsey documentary. Like those are great, and you get to see a, a different side of your favorite players. But they really need to do like a documentary on the life of an assistant coach because it's not as glorious as some people might think. It's really, really not. Um, I think you kind of saw that with Marcus Mariota on the quarterback show because the guy's turned into a journeyman after after a phenomenal college career. And being, what, the number one pick, number one or number two pick? Him and Jameis Winston. So what about all these coaches wanting to play in the West? What do you mean? What do you mean, Bob? All the coaches wanting to play in the West? Well, I think part of it is is the weather. Um, like, do, Belichick in his 70s? Yeah. The, the L.A. Chargers job probably sounds good, especially when you consider the talent they have there. And, you know, if, if that's where Belichick's going to live the rest of his life, Sure. If that's what you're referring to, Bob, that might make a lot of sense. Um, the linebacker coach for the Chiefs says he's not wanting a change in a DC coordinator. Does uh, does want to coach anyone else until his kids are out of high school? Yeah, makes sense. I I, I get that. You know, you don't because that's the other thing too. Um, you hear this during August and September when the preseason ends and when the 53-man roster gets trimmed down. Some players get unexpectedly cut. Some of them get unexpectedly traded. And I think I heard... Um, who's that former linebacker for the Pats? Uh, not Vrabel. Um, Brewski. Teddy Brewski. He... Um, I was in college. I was a freshman in college when I first heard him say this, but I, he said something to the effect of how, you know, when the preseason roster cuts happen, that's also back to school time. And a lot of these guys who think they're going to be with the team for that year, they have to figure not only figure out where they're going to go, but they got to figure out their family situation. And then the kids schooling and all that, which is never an easy thing. I get that. Um, this is why, by the way, and I know we're getting way off topic to, right now. This is why a team in Europe will never work. Okay. 
what assistant coach is going to pack up his life and go to Europe? They might be willing to go from L.A. to New York or New York to L.A. or, you know, Green Bay to, to Dallas. You get the idea. But from, you know, the United States to the U.K., no, it's not going to work. Like that, that, that Europe team is going to be at a disadvantage for the road, every road game, too. I just, I know um, there's, there are sports reporters in London who are like, yeah, well, it is a possibility. No, it's not. It would real, realistically, it would be a major disadvantage. Just bring back NFL Europe, man. Just bring back NFL Europe. I, I like, I don't even know why that was defunct. I thought it was a good, good, good thing the NFL had going, but I'm not the, uh, I'm not the commissioner. I don't make those decisions. So. Oh, you went to high school with Teddy Bruschi. Yeah, I've I've read his book. It is it is phenomenal. It is uh it is really cool. Toronto, I mean, yeah, you know, Toronto, Mexico City, Michael, you're right, but that's in North America. Um, now going to another country, that you know, um, you don't want to move your entire family to another country. Um, but I guess that's a little more doable, uh, given that it's you're not I know we say international but it's it's not like you're going overseas or anything so all right guys we covered a lot of ground on tonight's podcast a great win I will go live at some point tomorrow just uh you know low-key chat with you guys and um we'll talk more obviously we have no idea who the Chiefs are going to play next weekend we'll find out Monday if the game does not get pushed back so 3 30 Monday Bills and Steelers. Everyone is going to be watching that game, and we will find out who the Chiefs will play. All right, guys, my name is Farzine Vasugian. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Uh, appreciate all the callers. Appreciate all the commenters. Uh, appreciate all the haters who did not comment after the game, but they commented during the Tyreek Hill touchdown. They all went away afterwards. Uh, interesting how that works out. All right, guys. Nonetheless, Chiefs win. Good win tonight. Getting ready for next week. I will talk to you all later. Take care.